0: It's never articulated. So, in other words, we all have in in a monologue in some way, and it's how clear that is, I guess, or how expressed it is. And in some people, it's it's literally out there. So, so yeah, my inner monologue is also audible. That text outside us if they're close enough. So yeah, um, yeah, mine doesn't.
1: Mine's not as clever as that. Mine, mine's the opposite. So mine sits on my shoulder and, and tells me to do things that I shouldn't
0: do so it's a pressure it's kind of a pressure type person it's like grem- no it's
1: a gremlin it's like a, like
0: yeah. a yeah 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 that that would horrify me that i would find that psychologically difficult um to understand there's something in there like a monstrous influence uh, stop. you doing. stop
1: running and going to the bakery
0: you
2: know stuff yeah like that.
0: yeah exactly exactly folks we're talking in a monologue do you have an inner monologue and if so is that a friendly voice or not um uh, you know is the person you're speaking to giving you advice giving you an internal pep talk is this something that is, do you enjoy speaking to that person you know is it actually a friendly voice or is it someone who's giving you pressure telling you no uh telling you you're not know, good enough whatever it is it probably is quite important to figure that out because i wonder how much of our you know mental challenges are uh, can be thought of in terms of whether you've got the friendly voice or a uh, or, or, or a negative voice, you know? So um, the reason we started talking about this is because every time I enter the
1: uh, green room before uh, Brain Food, Hung is talking and there's nobody else there and he's talking to himself and he's no, addressing himself in the
0: third person. Got no friends, got, got to fill the with my own voice and you know be my own audience. Um, but no, as I was saying to you, Adam, I, I have done this since I was a small child um, and I, I do recall... You know, people taking the piss out of me at school when they saw me walk to school and I think, oh, who are you talking to? I say, I'm fucking talking to myself. You know what I mean? That's just what I do. <laughs> talking to yourself like that
1: is not quite what some people do, though, which is called illyism. And illyism is referring to yourself in the third person as if you're some sort of special. Pele is going to score three goals today.
0: Yeah, yeah 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 I think that's that's very performative so it's so, so the, the, so the inner voice or, or the talking to myself that I do I don't do unless I am by myself um Jeremy you know I mean? it's like a solo activity um but if uh but yeah there's some people that like to uh, uh address themselves in that way they're usually like celebs aren't they they've, they've probably got to a point where you know they're, they're almost playing up a character to a large degree so I wonder whether you know, that's, that's an evolved state more than anything else. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're on to Brain Food Live on Air. It's episode 169, bringing it to you every Friday. Super excited to be chatting with you today because guess what? It's a very, very important topic. And it's a topic that Brain Food has really been intimate in over the time that we've been involved in it. Because basically, what is recruiting brain food if it isn't about content and getting it out there to recruiters and what have you? Today, we are gonna be talking about how do you actually create a content engine? So in other words, not just the single you know, inspirational post, the once a year inspirational post that you make. No, we're talking about your ability to create a system that consistently gets material out there um in such a way that it grows your audience how do you do that um and we've got a bunch of really interesting guests to come and help us do that today so it's going to be a very exciting show indeed um anyway uh before we kick off let's do some sound checks as usual i think everyone can hear me on crowdcast but just drop me a note in the chat stream to let me know Audio and video is okay with you. You can see me and Adam okay here. Uh, we should be live streaming this on the Facebook page. Um, so, folks, if you can see me on the Facebook page, let me know. Um, if so, this is actually the second time we've piped it in there, um, and it's still a little bit of a concern whether people can see me or not. Uh, if you can hear me on or see me on the page, give me a comment. Let me know um on with uh, recruiting brave food LinkedIn page where you can see me okay and that's all good and we're out on Facebook and on Twitter as well I think we're all a couple of thumbs up here which is great thank you Maria thank you Paulette and Claire all good um, okay a quick word to our sponsors uh every show is sponsored folks we couldn't run Brain food live on air without the support of our sponsors so please take a moment uh and and check them out when you have a chance i also try and align the topic with what the sponsor does as well um and today's sponsor is a very cool company called adway adway.ai as far as i know they're the only algorithmic uh, programmatic should i say social advertising platform that's focused on recruitment. Um, So in other words, if you wanted to get your uh, jobs, your content, delivered it towards people that are on social platforms, and you want to have a very clear audience as you want you to direct that content to, Adway might be the business you want to check out um, to help you do that. So if you have any kind of marketing budget at all, or recruitment, advertising budget of any sense, uh, do check out Adway.ai. I will share the chat stream, uh, sort of their link on the chat stream. I want to be seeing Adway, by the way, in a couple of weeks, because they've invited me kindly to Gothenburg. So I'll be in Gothenburg having a chat with them. Uh, it's going to be exciting to go there. Uh, okay, uh, let's say hello to Adam. Adam Gordon wearing a jumper. That's disappointing. Um, you know, it was like in the sea uh, about eight days ago, and now it's like, oh, good. It's a bit gray. I have to stick the jumper on.
1: Well, the 26th of August. So, you know, most people would think that's mid But of course, in Scotland, the school holidays are about six weeks earlier than they are in England. And uh, funnily enough, summer corresponds with that as well. Summer actually starts in Scotland on the 1st of May and ends on the 1st of June. So, uh, yeah, it's 15, 15
0: degrees yep getting a bit chilly and i tell you what with the uh, obviously everyone is talking about our insane energy sort of uh, prices uh, that are going up that's going to be a serious problem for so many people um i'm actually looking at my expenditure i'm i'm currently paying like very little i'm paying something like 62 62 pounds a month for my electricity bill um, uh, because I live, I basically, uh, I don't spend a lot of electricity and I live in a one bed flat. Um, but I expect that to go into at least a couple hundred, um, uh, come, uh, October. Um, and for bigger for people in bigger homes, big family homes and what have you, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough one. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting and I think a really difficult, um, uh, difficult uh, end of the year, I'm afraid to say for, for a lot of folks in Europe, but uh, particularly UK, which I think has the highest energy price increases anywhere, it's going to be crazy. Um, so there we go. So I understand the jumper. Anyway, Adam, we have a change of scene because usually we review the newsletter, but folks, we have extracted the newsletter review and are now doing that on a new show on Mondays called Brain Food Baked Fresh. Um, so we did that last for, last Monday, we had really good fun. We're going to do it for an hour from 12 to one every Monday. And we're going to talk about the newsletter as a separate thing from brain food Live because I want to get our guests on earlier and have them basically get, give sort of the audience a bit more access to the guests and not have those two things compete. Um, so do follow the channel. If you're interested in news, newsletter review, do that every Monday, although we won't do it this Monday cause we've got a bank holiday in which case it's the Monday following. Um, So anyway, let's say hello to Adam. Adam Gordon, good to see you. We usually say what was interesting newsletter, but forget about that. Let's talk about recruitment content marketing because this is actually something you know something about. So give us a one-liner about your background in, in this area and why you think it's possible to create a recruitment marketing content engine.
1: Well, first thing is, um, this is weird because it's the first time in probably, we've done 160, what, 169 shows. 169. I've I've probably done about 110 of them, I would think, and this will be the first one that I've never uh, had to prepare for, which is great. (laughs) Um, So uh, I've been in recruitment, I've been in recruitment since 99, and I've been in recruitment marketing since 2002, and my perspective is... Most people are not, even even though like a lot more people than normal are in the market looking for opportunities, but most people are not in the market looking for opportunities. They don't care about your job adverts. They don't care about your employer branding. You've got to work out more intelligent ways of um, getting their attention. And that does not involve sending them call to action, which is about apply for a job. It involves building relationships with them in different ways. And the more in demand the people that you need to uh, try and bring into your organization, the harder you've got to work. That could be volume, could be because you need so many or, and everybody's competing for them. Or it could also be because they've got skills that are like rare. So it's a mega topic, this.
0: I think you've said something that's really important. The um, most recruiter content that you see has a call to action in it. And that may be the first thing to think about. If you're creating some sort of recruitment marketing content strategy is that we're overly obsessed with the ask. Um, so if you imagine sending a, a job ad classically, we say we're basically asking people to apply to it, right? So 90% of all recruiter activity on LinkedIn, for instance, I guarantee you is I'm hiring for um do you know anybody who does this and it's like i want you to simply apply to this job um and and that actually is ineffective marketing because how many people actually respond to that in this way in other words treatment of content as if they were only adverts maybe the first thing we need to try and think about and avoid if we're going to be successful in building that type of engine um so so yeah it's going to be interesting well, um yeah
1: i i The the problem is, for me, the problem is that almost all recruitment marketing is what I describe as point-of-sale material. So it's for the people that have already made a decision that they're interested in making a job move, and they've already decided they might be interested in applying to your organization. So it is job adverts. It's career site. It's all that bottom-of-the-funnel stuff for people that are there or thereabouts. But most people are not there. They're somewhere further up the funnel. However... I do believe that every single thing you do, in terms of recruitment marketing, should have a call to action. But that not not being apply for a job, but keep clicking. You want people to keep clicking. So every single there should never be a cul-de-sac piece of marketing. There should always be a next best action
0: yeah yeah actually right and and uh, Wim said the same call to action is there it's the type of call to action so I was uh, having a very kind of narrow view call to action meaning apply for the job which when you think about it is actually quite a big commit um because this yeah. person has just been day. yeah it's like interrupting a day see that apply for the job no it's like they're not thinking that way um but some sort of thing to get them to keep doing follow a page subscribe to something or just to interact with it even is often the best thing particularly if you're positioning that content in a place where interaction is rewarded then it makes sense just to get some engagement um and forget about having them you know sign up to something just to get them to engage in some way and that's going to help sort of trigger some sort of um it's going to help your content potentially viralize a little bit it's part of reason why i'm very keen to get Joel Algie on because he's actually been amazing at this on linkedin um and he's got some like, ridiculous numbers of followers uh, as an operational recruiter i think he's got more followers than anybody um so so i'd be interested to know what his technique is but let's bring them all on we've got claire bush as well uh we've got christina robinson Two. everyone's coming from different angles on this so this is going to be really really interesting to, to uh to get our guests on let's do that uh, straight away um so claire where are you i think claire is claire yep there we go I need to insist on uh, full names at some point um especially if you call Simon or something you know um at some point at some point we're gonna get the wrong person on they're gonna just say hello it'll be like that BBC interview where they interviewed a the fella for a for a job and accidentally put him on TV um for a for a for a do remember that he was going for some janitor's job or something at the beeb and uh he somehow wandered into the wrong place and they actually got him on air interviewing him for some sort of like uh, uh uh international news thing thinking he was a different person so i think i'm waiting for that to happen on brain food at some point anyway we've got everyone in the house let's do some quick introductions claire bush why do you go first who are you what it is you do i'm vp
3: of marketing for adway um so been here a couple of months um 20 odd years in and around the industry recruitment and marketing for definitely 20 of those and yeah lots of really great conversations had with lots of these lovely people on screen with me um and marketing and recruitment is my passion so yeah
0: lovely to be here yeah thank you great great to have you on the show as ever christina great to see you and we go you who are you what is uh, you do
4: Yeah, so I'm MD here at Green Umbrella Marketing. So we work with independent recruitment agencies. We help them stand out, outline. So lots of stuff from a social media
0: angle um, from my perspective cool cool and uh brain food has actually accessed green umbrella services before and it was absolutely fantastic in terms of production of show content and stuff like this so absolutely something that we might need to revisit um okay and we have Joel Lalgie as well Joel good to see you sir um can you quickly introduce yourself who are you what it is you do
2: yeah absolutely names Joel obviously uh I work at hirewell we're a um basically like a recruitment firm slash um kind of I guess tech recruitment company now Ah, uh, with some recent acquisitions, but I lead our business development, and um, as many of you as you referenced before, really passionate about content on LinkedIn, Twitter, and uh, just using content as a you know a way to develop relationships
0: let's Let's start with your content, uh, Joel, because uh, because you you are a man that actually has more followers on LinkedIn than I do, and I was like so I was like. <laughs> demoralized I thought how is this even possible um but you do um so how many followers do you have and how, what's your explanation as to how you got yeah. those
2: yeah so I think right now it's at about one hundred and forty-three thousand, um maybe just under that um <laughs> but yeah it's it's I think I think what happened was someone someone explained it to me actually I I, cre- I create pretty friendly content for recruiters so a lot of how the content started to go viral was you know just looking at situations that recruiters go through that we all go through no matter how expert you think you are we all go through certain experiences with hiring managers or just changes that happen on a search for example um so you know kind of took the Adam Carpiak style of looking at um how can we create you know find humor in situations obviously he's a lot more focused on like job seekers. I thought, well, you know what, Someone's need to ha- someone needs a voice for recruiters with this. There's so many things that happen that we can all relate to. Um, and I, really, my idea behind that was I'm trying to reach owners of recruitment firms. The content I was producing at the time just didn't seem to reach them. Um, it was valuable content, but it just didn't seem to get in front of the people I wanted it to. And so I thought, if I can get recruiters to share my content, then I can start to get in front of the people I need to get in front of. And, um, and so... First thing I thought was, I've got to make relatable content. And then I thought, what is relatable about recruitment? Everybody has a sense of humor. Like you have to have a sense of humor almost to be in the industry. And um, and so just started thinking of situations that I've gone through a million times that are super frustrating that we can all relate to. And um, and then that was kind of the the foundation that started these posts going viral and getting shared a lot. Um, and then once you, I think you you mentioned like, the way the algorithms work is like once you start to get traction, then you can start to kind of build other content into your content machine and that those posts will also do really, really well. So it's kind of revolved throughout time, but that was the thinking of it initially and probably took about two and a half years to get to that point. Uh, so it wasn't something that just happened like right away. It was a lot of testing, a lot of figuring out what actually works.
1: So T- can and a half I just years?
2: ask, go ahead. Sure.
1: Yeah. So I just want to ask the um, the components of your accent.
2: Yeah. So I'm actually originally from Blackpool in England, live in uh, Wisconsin now uh, in the US, and then uh, lived in like Southern California as well. So I thought just...
1: there was something, I thought there was something British <laughs> in that.
2: I thought there was something somewhere English. I
1: couldn't have picked out Blackpool though, but okay. It might
2: just be because I'm with now I'm talking with lots of people from England. Maybe it's just you guys are bringing it out.
0: From so, bringing oh, the black pool out of the guy oh my well, look goodness at this. that's that possibly not right a good here. thing <laughs> oh, there we go You'll there we go. go
2: all
0: right so this is actually really interesting to start off with because i think that to get to that number of followers and obviously it's not just uh, about numbers but i do think quantity makes a difference on on platforms like this because it gives you wider reach i think it's remarkable to have got there as someone who doesn't do this um, full-time, you know, because you still do, you still, at that time, I think, did a recruiting job, or, you know, you're doing BD-type work, so you're not a full-time writer, but then you've got to this big audience. I think that's actually one of the biggest challenges a lot of the audience might have today, when they're saying, you know what, I've got so much to say, I've got the blog post, it's in draft, they've but they feel they don't have the time because you know what recruitment's like, there's interrupts, there's stuff happening. uh, There's always another thing you have to do. And then, oh, it's the end of the day and it's tomorrow and it never gets done. Um, How did you kind of defeat that scenario, Joel? Did you have that in your your kind of feeling where you were pressured to do other things other than content, but you somehow, you know, how did you get to the point where stuff it, I'm going to do the content?
2: That's a great question. Yeah. I think like three years ago, I, I think I, I was just so sick of just the cold outreach because everybody's doing it, and I, I started noticing people talking about content and like, okay, if you if you use content, then people can know who you are. You can start to develop inbound, and I just became fascinated with that. And there was no training, there was nothing at the agency I was at that was really encouraging me to do that. Um, so I just think it's like so many other things in life, like you just have to start doing it. Like, and you have to figure out what aspect of content you're good at. Like video for me is not my strong suit. So I really, I've really doubled down on copy. So I look at the the platforms that really, you know, copy works on, which would be Twitter and LinkedIn. And luckily you can kind of blend the two together. But if I was really good about on video, or I felt like, yeah, I have a really good video presence, then I'd probably look more at Instagram and TikTok. Um, But there's no way of getting around it. There's no shortcut. Like you just have to start doing it. And then the advantage is the more content you have, then you can start to repurpose and that saves time. So really like once you've built a machine, it really just starts to just run for you automatically. And so initially there's a time, you know, there is a time, uh, you've got, to, you've got to obviously allocate time to it, but then the longer you do it, the easier it gets, which saves time. And then you can also start to repurpose. You can start to bring in old content that's done well in the past and that saves time. So it's like anything, initially you're gonna have to put the work into it, but then you just start getting compounding returns on it.
0: Yeah, so many good things to say there, Joel. Thank you very much for your insight. Uh, folks, if you're watching this and you're taking an hour out of your busy recruiting day, uh, do you, does it resonate with you in the sense that you may feel you have a voice, you wanna say things, but you're just too busy during the day to ever get it out there? Um, let me know in the comments if you feel that's your situation and whether this conversation or these insights might help. Um, Christina, go to you because you're actually servicing this need, aren't you? You're, you're supplying the service to recruiters because they have the problem; they don't actually uh, have the capacity, or maybe the bosses don't want them to have you know individuals to go ahead and do that. What do you? What, what's the sort of conversations typically occur when you first encounter a customer? Like why do they go to you, and, and what what do they what do they want?
4: So it's, it always comes down to three things: so time, as you've mentioned but then it's enthusiasm okay sometimes it's like we know we need to be doing this but we just don't want to so that's quite often an issue um and especially if the you know i'm dealing with the the leaders in the business so if they're not enthusiastic then they're trying to ask me how do we get the recruiters in the business on board as well it's like well it's got to come from the top right so there's that bit but also there's a bit of an an issue around and i always describe it as courage okay because everyone has an opinion and we all want to give our opinions but we don't always want to be the first person to give our opinion and you know that's probably one of the things that, that Giles doing really well is the fact that he's starting the conversations he's putting something out there and it's it like opens the floodgates then people can engage in that and and I think that's I say it really comes down to those three things, time, enthusiasm and courage, that they're the problems we're solving.
0: That's really interesting. Time, enthusiasm and courage, folks. You know, it didn't occur to me that there were some managers that were not interested. And of course, that's true. Um, You know, there's a lot of recruitment agency owners that would perceive that all of this is just gameplay um or it's stuff that you know it's distracting from the the real work of making money etc um because the the returns are a little bit further down the road and they're they're ambiguous like they're hard to to map exactly back to this Right. You could you know, even if you had a viral post somewhere and suddenly down the road, you've got a call in client or you've got some more candidates saying yes to you where they usually said no, it's hard to directly attribute that to something you said earlier. It's like, probably, but like, yeah. you don't really know. right? And
4: it, it ties in with what Adam was saying before you sort of brought us on screen. It's that top of funnel stuff is really hard to measure, but it's like, if you don't get that bit right, you're not getting any results
0: anywhere. All right, let's talk about the measurement then. Um, Adam and Claire, because you both uh, uh, have worked in both in the tech side and also sort of trying to do a lot of this KPI work. How do you set about justifying the case? So let's say there is a company out there or a TA team internally, or there's an agency that wants to really change in which the way in which they're interacting with audience rather than just the outreach, as as you said, Joel. I think we all agree that cold outreach, even though you have to do it, over time is trending down in terms of effectiveness, right? Year on year, um, uh, you know, how many, uh, where it might, might have taken you like 10 dials to get through uh, last year. It's going to take you 12 next year. And then maybe 20 the next year after that, at some point it's going to stop working. So, uh, you know, the, I think the, the incentive is there, but how do we build a business case for a recruitment agency or an in-house team to say, yeah, this is going to work. Uh, any thoughts, Claire or Adam on this? I suppose I'm,
3: I'm going to, Come at it from a holistic marketing perspective, first of all. It's like my my kind of seat, if you like, is always around the initial brand communication. But then, so much of what we're doing, I think, even now in most organisations, marketing function and the brand messaging really does wash through, and if not, gets rinsed and properly redesigned again by the employer brand. So, to I've just been reading some of the questions in the the chat to really get told you can't like and comment and share and engage with commentary out there in this world that we're living in is just bonkers for me. I, I would definitely say I'm not on the side of the, the social commentary police. And I think that you should come, carry on having those conversations internally and find another job um, if you're really unhappy not being able to express yourself. But then I suppose um, going back to your question, Hung, for me, it's about Holistically, the the way in which the business is actually wanting to engage purpose of engagement through copy, content, video, any media is to move the business forward. Right. So it's about exposure. It's about getting results. It's either getting more people in through the door to be employees or it's about selling product services. So if you've got that as the mindset and the end goal, then you're going to use everything in your toolkit to really get that engagement going. Content is an obvious thing because it's really readily available. You just need to, like Joel said, do it, and then it's there. And then you can iterate as you go. It's something that's really easily kind of curated. You can have purposeful project management. You can have spot stuff. You can have consistent spray and pray kind of mentality around it. But you can just keep this thing going or turn it off and on as you need to and as your budgets require depending on where your situation is but i think for me it always goes back to that beginning like what is the objective what is the point what are you trying to do and then yeah it becomes part of the toolkit to get there
0: i think the um the, it's great that you have both you and joel mentioned the same thing is that the first step is actually the most important thing i can see it's like almost Starting a car or taking the first step in sort of uh, stepping forward, like the momentum carries you further forward. Um, uh, For some reason, I'm thinking of like uh, a a super cavitating torpedo. Um, I don't know whether anybody knows about this, Um, but super cavitation is this like phenomena in in liquid uh, where basically if a torpedo moves fast enough, it creates an air bubble around it and then it accelerates even further because the friction has gone down because it's created an air bubble. Right. Um, So I think maybe content is like a super cavitating torpedo, maybe. I don't know. Um, What do you think? Uh, Right. Uh, go to you, uh, Adam. Um, Talk to us about how do you construct like something more systematic? Um, So we're talking about a situation where we want to get started. That's great. But is there like a technique to to make sure that it keeps going, keeps on going? Because I wonder whether there's a lot of folks there that have stopped and started their, their blog you know, how many blogs is just one blog, right? <laughs> Great, they got the first one out and then it was so exhausting because they, they put so much energy and effort into it. It's like, oh, couldn't do the second one and then never do the second one. Same with podcasts, same with live stream, same with whatever people do. It's so much effort to do the first one, they, they fail on the second and that's actually the biggest failure. So how do you avoid that?
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bridge um, just uh, what Claire was just saying with the answer to the question that, that you just asked by saying, if you ask any like recruiter or recruitment leader, um, is your cold in-mail performance getting better over time? They're probably not going to say it is. They're probably going to say it's not. I hear that all the time from companies that ha- you know used to send out 100 in-mails and they'd get uh, 80% response rate, 20% positive response rate. And today they're not getting 80% responses and they're certainly not getting 20% positive responses. So that's a cold, you know, cold contacting people is getting worse. You know, the the results from cold contacting people is definitely getting worse. So you have to build up the relationship. To answer the question around, uh, you know, where do you get started? So yeah, you definitely have to think about what is going to be sustainable. Nobody who is recruiting is going to have enough time to come up with original content like every day they're they're just not going to be unless they are I don't know the one in 50 people who can just sit and type or who can just get their phone and talk and then post it right not many people can do those things and come up with original things so you need to think about how am I going to have sources of information coming into me that I can just add a sentence to and share it on LinkedIn or on Twitter or whatever if you work for a large organization, your company has got investor relations teams producing content every week. It's got B2B content and thought leadership teams that are producing things like every at least every month. You've got internal training and development happening with content there that you can, uh, without giving away the secret sauce of your organization's culture and you know performance, you can share things you know from that. You can share things that are from your industry publications. You can share, if you're a a third party recruiter working for an agency and you're working in, let's say the life sciences industry, subscribe to all the life sciences, you know, publications and newsletters and vlogs and things like that. And reshare those things to become part of that community. So that's the first place to start is how am I going to be able to get the optimal like content out there without sucking up masses of my time by being a curator? you yeah, know, there's a few good examples of curators around here, spam
0: that, that actually was the first, um, uh, I hate to kind of volunteer myself as an example, but it was actually it, correct in the sense I did not have the time to write original content at the time because I wasn't doing Brain Food full-time. I was still running Worksheet at the time. Um, and I, I had like a couple of hours a week. Um, and so the reason why the Sunday newsletter is a curated newsletter is because I needed to pick stuff out and be able to assemble it quickly And yes, I could commentate on those things. And maybe that's useful also get it out there. And that was the thing. So cost per production is probably something we need to think about. So people who are are doing this, you need to think how expensive in terms of time is it to produce that piece of content that you're thinking about? That needs to be thought about, because if you don't, you're gonna end up being the, the the one hit wonder uh, which is a huge expensive waste waste of energy because you need to actually have a consistent way of doing it before you start getting a following and start building uh, a sort of momentum behind it. Um, but what you're doing in bringing all of this together, what you're doing is you're saving every subscriber
1: huge amounts of time um, on going and trying and finding all this rich source of information that they, the time they don't have. And otherwise they wouldn't go and do it. So you are ma- literally making people smarter by, you know, give it like a 20 minute read as opposed to hours and hours of going and trying to find things by as a recruiter, just like once a day sharing the most interesting hot topic in my industry or for the people, the audience that I'm talking to. I'm doing the same thing, but I'm generating goodwill from that community of individuals. So it's so about generating goodwill. That's what you want to try and achieve from this. That's the reward to begin with.
0: So yeah, so to begin with that's the ROI. So the ROI yes. might be not, oh, we've got X amount of people signing up to this newsletter or we've got, got more deals, et etc. If you set those types of, R, uh, of, of of targets, you will definitely fail. Um, early on, your ROI needs to be, can I generate goodwill and get like people saying, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, and if you get a few of those, that's going to give you a morale boost. It's going to encourage you to do more. And maybe maybe the, the, the uh, at the beginning, like your objective me- needs to be just simply to systematize your content production. So I, I see it very much like going to the gym. I, I, who here goes to the gym, um, or at least attempts to do so? Uh, right? Uh, like the first, the first thing you got to do is not to have these like ridiculous targets about your body composition or your, you know, your your hundred meters time or whatever. No, the first thing you got to do is just discipline yourself to go three times a week. <laughs> you know that you systematize it. Um, just keep doing that, and then the gains will will, will come. So. Perhaps we should think about content production from a cold start as similar to this, whereby you just got to get it into automatization. So you're constantly doing it and you're not going, you know, days and weeks without even thinking about it. It stops becoming a task. Um, Very, very interesting. Go ahead, Claire.
3: Sorry, I was just going to ask Joel in terms of that that exact question. So from a starting point and your cadence now in terms of your writing and the time that you commit to, to content, where does it start? Where did it start from for you? Was it half an hour a day? Was it first thing in the morning? How how did you kind of get into your rhythm?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, I Think about half an hour a day, and it started with. Uh, <clears throat> look, I when I when I started creating content, I was just in a recruiting seat, and so I literally just started thinking about things that I was doing that I was successful with. So, creative subject lines. I remember doing a video on that. It's pretty basic. But I think that's another hurdle that you have to overcome in your mind is you're not trying to like come up with something that isn't you, because ultimately if somebody did reach out to you and then you're not the person who's created the content, it then doesn't work anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think even like junior recruiters, for example, they have value to bring because they can just, you know, you can just talk about a difficult situation or a challenge that you're facing. And that's, that's really where you start from. I, I think, you know one thing that we do at our agency that has helped tremendously is we meet once a week we have a content meeting and it's voluntary it's not forced and one of the partners at our company is involved in this and you know someone mentioned it before like you have to have the leadership board into it and leadership is bored into it at our company i'm obviously bought into it and we've just seen like that content group each week has grown and grown and grown mm-hmm. so we're like getting together and going, well, what are the topics that we're all facing with clients? Um, like yesterday, we had a topic where people this you know people were showing up uh, to interviews. And then on the first day, it was someone else showing up on the first day because everything's virtual. That's a, such a crazy topic to talk about. But now we've got like four or five people adding in their thoughts to it. So we're all working together with the same goal. And when I was coaching recruitment teams on this, that was the biggest challenge. Like this isn't something that companies should be approaching like by themselves individually get together and, you know, we've got a chat where we'll drop our, you know, content and we'll kind of work together with it. Um, and I think that is, is a key, but someone else said it. it's like leadership's got to be bought into it. You've got to understand that like content isn't a thing that you do. That's just, I-, I believe is just optional. It's like, it's gotta be a part of your routine. And when you start thinking about it, if you, if I post a piece of content, It might take me five minutes to produce or half an hour to produce at most, but then it's working all day. And then I'm going around and doing other things and coming back to it. I don't know another piece of business development that works like that. You know, it's like a robo caller. You know, you have those tools as well out there where it will just connect you. It's the same idea. It's like, it's just very small amount of work initially. And then it just keeps working for you. It's like a 24 seven rep. And I think that's the approach you gotta have. It really does. And And you know, the more you produce, the bad, you know, the easier it is. Sorry for that.
0: No, no, that's a really good concept, folks, basically think if you if you're still juggling about whether it's worth your time or not, have a think about this thing existing independent of you and doing work for you whilst you get on with the rest of your day. Um, Mm. Because people are watching this, you know, you could go and and do some shopping or whatever, come back and 20 people might have engaged in that post already. it, it totally happens this is this is what YouTubers is totally understand right so um this is this is super interesting joel you mentioned something here which i think uh it's worth like really exposing to the audience but you mentioned that um the the content ideas um that you've generated have emerged from your own observations as to your operating behavior so in other words you're doing your job you're simply observing how you've done your job in a certain way and said hey this is this is how i've done it and then that's the content idea so i think a lot of people struggle right at the beginning because they're trying to imagine some genius piece of thing they're trying to you know solve all of the problems you know they're trying to solve the d and i issue all this type of stuff no it's just too big to do that think about the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis that might have worked might not have worked I think something that might not have worked could also be good content, because it's an example of how not to, as well as a how to, um, and just simply expose that and talk about it in such a way that you can describe how that sort of your, your work has been. And people might just get a bit of insight and understand the psychology and the actions. And as you say, the audience that you're trying to address might resonate very, very much with what it is that you're showing them um you know people like to know that there's other people out there so basically open up the your operational activity that could that's a content engine right there
2: 100 and i think too like you mentioned it before like i think what happens is we get like really fixated on that first piece of content my first piece of content got like three likes and then just sat there you know it really wasn't until about three to four months in of consistent content creation that i started getting Traction, but you should take peace of mind to that because it's not like the first piece of content you're going to post is going to go viral. It's probably going to be terrible. It's it's not going to be good. You know, like I wasn't. There's a big difference between where I started and where I'm at. But it's like we get fixated on that one piece. Then it doesn't happen. Like going to the gym, you don't get a six pack in the first session. But if you have that mentality, like something's going to happen, it it becomes very hard to continue and be consistent. Whereas if you're like, hey, I'm just going to start sharing things whatever that is, just showing up, it takes the pressure off. And you're just talking about your day. You're not, you know, it's like, you just are talking about problems that you're going through solutions might even get personal. I know like personal content, I go either way on it. I think everyone has levels of that. But if you're going to talk somebody on the phone and say, how was your day? And they ask you what you did on the weekend, or you have a conversation, you can share things like that to a point. But again, it's not like you're creating something that isn't like is not you're not creating some like original concept that's not from you you're just sharing yourself i mean it's, it's kind of the core of what social media is that's it's really, a compound really effect point. though as
1: well right there's a compound effect in this so you start off one person clicks like on your post and you're like a bit deflated on that the next time you get two the next time it's 14 the next time it's 75 with every you know Five percent of five percent more than what I got last time starts to build up to be something
2: really quite big. Hundred percent. Unless you go on TikTok and, and then you just go randomly vir- viral, which I think <laughs> you know can can happen. And I think that's the that's the beauty of social media nowadays is like things can randomly go viral, or you can just ran something could randomly happen that's not planned. But I, you can't plan that, so it's like just don't don't like assume that that's going to happen or it needs to even happen. I mean, it really doesn't.
0: But you can be relentless. What I like about what you've said, Joel, is the the, the, the uh, I think Christina mentioned what the cadence was, but the also the consistency. The so ca- cadence is the number of times you do things within a time frame, but the, the, just the consistency, like this guy's never going to go away, right? And, and to, to a large degree, that's how brain food works. It's like, listen, it's happening every week. It's not going to go away. It doesn't matter. Uh, if you don't like it today, you can, might like it next week. <laughs> if you don't like it next week, you're going to like it next oh, month wow. at some point, right? So it never goes away. And that relentlessness, I think, creates trust in a strange way um, something that's always just relentlessly there, creates some sort of trust. And at some point, someone's going to click on that. and think, yeah, I'll pay attention to this. And then suddenly that's where it starts happening. So uh, this feeds into the kind of understanding the cost of production. So you have to think producing one item is going to cost you this amount, but then think about how many times you need to create that over time. That's the commitment you need to have put in before you can think about results um and uh, that's the the sort of the, the time frame that you need to kind of juggle um christina going back to you though because this is worth talking about because i'm sure your customers don't say don't give you like six months to deliver results right um you've got a different I set of pressures <laughs> right so, so you <laughs> So we know that we know it is native producers of content. Let's say, but a lot of the customers that go to you probably don't do this. Maybe they're even not into it in the same way. So they want results right here. And now like boom, 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 artificially compressed sort of timeframes to judge this, um, how are you able to deliver those results? So how are you able to manage those expectations so that, you know, they, they can't think along those lines.
4: And to be honest, it's a lot of coaching. It really is a lot of coaching, a lot of managing expectations, and also a lot of working on, okay, you're making this investment. How do we maximize it? So, you know, if you think about the cost of producing that one piece of content, so maybe it is, you know, a a long-form piece of – it's a blog that we've written. Actually, how many different ways can we use that now over what period of time? Because the more we're getting out of it, the more about – The more valuable it is for the audience but the more valuable it is to us as an asset and i think from a content perspective we really have to take an asset approach you know everything that you post is something maybe It's a couple of paragraphs, but you get all this engagement on there. Okay, let's put the additional work in to produce a thousand word blog. Maybe that's something that's then brought forward that you are talking about on your podcast or whatever else. So it's about understanding each bit of content. How are we actually going to use it? And, you know, to bring it back to the question, there's a lot of education with our clients as to how to do that to in doing that we're giving people the same message multiple times, multiple different ways, that's how we start to get the results quicker.
0: So so there's two things here, which I think are kind of a Venn diagram. Um, But firstly, you're talking about, um, and Joel mentioned this as well, but one piece of content almost like creating an excuse for another piece of content to then butt off that in some way. So for example, you post something on LinkedIn, you get a lot of engagement on there, guess what? Maybe a screenshot of some of the cool engagement comments itself could become a thing that you then publish as a second piece of content, because that's also interesting. Um, And then the other part you talked about was Kind of repurposing that content. So let's say we're Brain Food Live as a podcast. By the way, is a version of repurposing the Brain Food Live thing. So for folks who don't know, the Recruiting Brain Food podcast, which now is like 150,000 downloads, that's just the audio file from this this show. Um, uh, so so it's 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 a way of like just getting another channel, getting another bunch of people in into it but not extra work. It takes about an hour per show to produce that audio file, that podcast. So uh, you can do the same thing with any kind of content you produce, be it written, video, audio, whatever it might be. Um, and you know, basically create one. And then from that, you have multiple, multiple options. Um, I'm reminded of food somehow, you know, where you know you, you, like you've 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 cooked a big turkey or something, and you you, you, you don't don't just eat turkey, you know. <laughs> you got like soup to make out of that, you have got sandwiches that you got all kinds of things that come off the back of that. Um, Adam, you about to say something? No, no I'm just
1: agreeing okay.
0: with you. No, I was
4: I, I did want to pick up on something that Joel said actually that I think is really important that I just think is is worth opening up a little bit more. One of when it comes to creating content, there's two questions that I ask to kind of create a bit of inspiration. So first of all, what's the most boring thing that happens in your business? Because quite often, that's the most interesting thing to the outside world. And that will start all sorts of conversations from there. So that, that that's one thing. But the other thing is actually listening. You know, and it, it's it's not about um well yeah it is kind of about creating that habit okay every time you're on a call with a candidate you've got your notes there it's one additional note what's the biggest problem this person has right now okay and it might be they've shared the biggest problem with you in the first 30 seconds of that call when you're doing the rapport building part of the call it's actually there that's where the golden nuggets are when you start to recognize okay well actually here's the trend at the minute you know, you know that this is how you know. I don't know. Um, three ways app developers are reducing their electricity bill at home. Okay, now yeah. we're getting attention from actually like this is like their biggest problem isn't whether or not they should look at a new job. Their biggest problem is the increase in electricity
0: bill.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And it is like just <laughs> listen, listen
0: there's two really interesting points you've made there christina um i think they're worth just sitting on a little bit uh, uh, there uh, for the time being firstly i love the idea of analyzing your own operations in terms of your your personal interest lens right um because the things that you find thrilling may not be particularly effective as a content idea but the things that you find boring actually people might not know about this um you know there's lots of stuff that we do in recruitment that People, you can can just see online that they're ignorant of how recruitment works. As a candidate, I was a candidate first time before I joined any kind of recruitment business. I had no clue how recruitment worked at all in terms of agents, uh, clients, whatever, no clue whatsoever. And I think I was not unusual in that case. Um, But have a think about some of the the stuff you do that's super, super routine and just write something about that or say something about it and that might explain something to an audience and suddenly... You become curious about it. I'm reminded of some of the TikToks that are out there that have ridiculous audiences. Um, and they do something just so like ridiculously simple. I follow a guy on TikTok called the pool guy. I don't know whether you know this fellow. Um, he literally just cleans swimming pools. Like <laughs> that's all he does. And his entire page is him saying, Yeah, I got another pool. I'm gonna drain the pool, I'm gonna clean the pool, I don't fill the pool, and that's it right That's 60 seconds it's got like 14 million followers it's like how is that even possible so it, it like don't underestimate how much people might be interested in your work that is something that is a content uh, plan and a content idea um very very good um okay um you talked about listening christina i want to actually expand expand that because one of the techniques that i think i use to generate ideas for Brain food lies is to stimulate the conversation in order to listen. Right, so you often see stuff I post on LinkedIn. I'm not necessarily trying to get views or clicks or whatever. What I'm trying to do is figure out whether people are interested in that topic and whether commentators are happening. If they're commentating and they say something interesting, guess what? That's potentially a future panelist I can bring in because you know they said an the interesting angle or whatnot. So. The point is, is like don't think you got to sit in a, in a blank room and do all the work yourself. Like creativity doesn't happen by sitting there and just like trying to be creative. Um, it happens when you're engaging with other people and having them crash ideas into you. Do it as publicly as you can. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I really get annoyed when people say, "Yeah, can I can I jump on a call and talk about this idea?" I pull my hair out I think it should be a public conversation, right? It would be like so much faster. And actually that itself might be content, um, yeah. right? So your attempt to generate content ideas itself is content. Uh, you uh, Recruiters right now could write a post saying, oh, uh, titled, uh, what the things that are stopping me from producing content as a title, I guarantee you that's going to get a bunch of views, right? So almost switching your mentality away from private, think about it and then deploy a finished product to open it out, there's no such thing as private public division, just open out the thought process early on and that itself is content. And then you can just write the next thing after that as well. So, um, cool. Um, I've ranted a bit there, sorry folks. Um, Let's talk about some questions because we've got people asking questions folks on Crowdcast. If you have any questions, please use the ask question fun- function. I'm going to go to the panel and talk about those. If you're watching this on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, anywhere else, and you want to ask a question to the, to the panelists, please ask it in the comment section or comments thread, and I'll get to them. I'm, I'm on the phone. I can see it. So let's go through to, to these questions. Uh, let's go, Ellie. Um, does anyone know the recording of this? No, Ellie, no recording. You have to be here live. Um, let's delete that. Uh, no. Uh, i'll be all right um <laughs> yes it's recorded just press, press press replay um okay jane can't make it either that's fine um replay replay uh vim saying okay small steps instead of solving and I one swoop that's an awesome idea how do we know there's enough content um before we end up posting one-liners so in other words how do we avoid the pithy one-liner um uh, how do we i guess um uh, uh pick the middle part between not trying to solve the entire problems of the world but having enough value in the post is there a happy medium thoughts on this claire do you want to give this a shot
3: um i do but i'm just also doing two things at once which obviously i'm Is <laughs> <laughs> no worries Soiling that's totally fine. Return
4: ask me the question and I've my it. full attention
0: now. Uh, <laughs> all right don't, don't worry don't worry see that's a bit of live content right there folks very interesting uh right joel do you want to give this a shot man i can see you on screen
2: yeah i think one thing that we're not you know one thing that i would challenge us to think about is like even with a one-liner one-liner isn't bad if it's a piece of content because it's what happens in the comments so if you have a really good like i could say You know i debated posting this but i could say hey why don't we quietly quit talking about quietly quitting that's a one-liner that's going to be controversial but it's going to start a thread and the thread is content as well and i think adam had mentioned it it's like go to other places that people are having conversations your comments particularly on linkedin i found this the way the linkedin algorithm works is if you comment your followers see that comment and so they'll get involved in the conversation and so then if you are looking at those comments as as just as good a content then a one-liner is actually powerful because if you get 300 comments, you have 300 conversations and then you have 300 potential ideas for content in the future. So I think the idea is like, it's not just the piece of content. It's the comments. It's the conversation that comes from that. And that I'm sure, Hung, you've experienced this a million times where someone puts a really insightful comment and then it starts just a huge thread. And then you have <coughs> you have your next piece of content from that. And it's just like, because that's what people want to talk about. And that's, that's where I think, you know, just engaging in other people's content, going on other platforms. If I was, I don't recruit technical folk, but if I did, I would be on the, like the dark web without a doubt, just having conversations and just getting ideas for content. Cause if people want to, if people, if you see a big thread, you can take the, that idea and you can use that in your own content. And it's going to, it's going to continue to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's just thinking a little bit more uh, granular about it.
0: All right. So actually there's step one Um, and Claire, I'm going to go to your essay that you've just written in chat there in in a second. Um, So, so as an example, uh, what you could do is simply take a screenshot of the essay that, uh, that Claire's written and tweet that out. And that's (laughs) decent content, right? It's like, she didn't even do anything. Uh, Claire's done all the work. Uh, No, but Joe, very, very good point. Um, the, the comment it, the comment thread itself is the content. And if you think about places like Reddit, we did a sourcing uh, on Reddit show a couple of weeks ago. The entire website is about the comments. Um, no one bothers with the content clicking on the link. Everyone's straight into the comments and they wanna talk about what other people are talking about. Um, so if you start a one-liner, I think that's okay so long as it's it's, it's, it's a conversation starter. So you might consider yourself, your role, start the conversation, see what happens, and then engage with the people and the, the engagement and the content becomes the thing. Um, second point I want to get in before before I forget, but if you're struggling to create original content, then comment on someone else's original content may be the best way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so in other words, if you're struggling to get your stuff out, great check out your LinkedIn feed, check out your Twitter feed, whatever it is, and just say say something that is there that's relevant. And then that could be your way to get more confident and get that muscle working, whatever that sort of system is, you get that activated and that can get you you started. Um, Very, very good. Okay, folks, we're coming to the end of the show. So let's leave the audience with a couple of takeaways. Uh, Like uh, one thing that they could do, I'm sure everyone's inspired. Are you inspired, everyone? Um, I, I'm I'm sure they are, they go tweet away right now or, or whatnot. Um, but by the way, Twitter is really useful because it is short form. So if you're struggling to write long posts, then Twitter is actually, it's impossible to write a long post there. Um, so no, one's gonna criticize you for those one-liners. It's like literally what it's all about. So it's totally fine. Same with TikTok struggling with the YouTube 30 second video on TikTok, 10 second video on TikTok doable. Right. Let's talk about advice that you can take away for this audience. Uh, one thing that a uh, let's say an operational recruiter, someone who's doing a job right now, but they want to get, uh, do more inbound. How do they get there? Um, Adam, let's yeah, go you to be with. Um, so yeah, One specific. thing they could do so today uh, well, uh, that okay. will help them get on their way. Right. Right.
1: Uh... I want to just, I've posted it in the chat. I want to just quickly, quickly say it's not quite how to, how to get them on their way, but this is a really, really simple way of generating content. And this is every time you're talking to a hiring manager, ask them three or four open questions about why they like working there. Why, what's the most exciting things happening in their company, in their team, what they're looking forward to over the coming months, stuff like that. Not why Why? Why uh, You know? Why should people come and work for you? Not not quite that, but just, just a little bit more uh, further up funnel type questions, things that you can recycle and you can use over and over again. And if they'd want to be on camera, you know, record them, do it on Zoom or whatever, and just get those uh, videos with them. And if they don't want to be on camera, just write in the notes, send it over to them on email and say, can I quote you on these things? This is what you said to me. And then post it. It doesn't take long. They give you the content. It's all about people in your organization. You make them famous and therefore your company famous. That's my piece of
0: advice for like a simple way of getting started already really, really good. I mean, when you think about it, the, recruiters actually have almost no excuse, right? Because we're in conversation with people all the time. Uh, and if we're in a vertical, we're actually in deep conversation with people that know about that industry. So if you're able to ask consistently one question with every screening call, but it's in your back of your mind it's, it's for, for a content purpose, you might very quickly be able to get some really juicy insights that doesn't take a lot of work and effort. Um, you could say, Hey, listen, today's like comment of the day from software engineer is this um or whatever it is yeah that's like a decent tweet um that's something that's worth kind of thinking about and it's almost cost free you're already doing the conversation with this person um so i, I actually failed to see it's not yeah, high I failed you're
1: not having to you're not having to come up with the ideas. Yeah, there's yourself. no
0: cognitive effort, you just discipline yourself to ask that question. I love it. Uh, go ahead, Claire. Um one thing that uh, a not not the, the entire strategy as you've written in chat stream, like one thing they can do tomorrow. Um well, <laughs> like, well, help them go see,
3: take notes from conversations as you just mentioned, but then I wrote right one of my first things that I wrote down was a quote from Adam Gordon saying that content Recruitment marketing content should never be end in a cul-de-sac, which, you know, you can take that right now and stick that all over social because it's true. And Adam, obviously, is very wise and very knowledgeable. But I have a notebook everywhere I go and every conversation, there is nuggets. There's, like you said, there's nuggets in every single conversation.
2: Um, yeah.
3: And whether you're, you know, you're in that rhythm of reviewing content in the morning or in the evening or you sit and read stuff over your lunch break, whatever it might be, There is content throughout your day that you will get exposed to, which you can repurpose and put out. And then the only thing I would add is in the food analogy kind of bank that we're talking about, content for me is always like an onion. You can layer it and layer it and layer it and it will continuously grow. If anybody has any kind of like big harvest festival kind of fairs that they go to, the biggest fruit and veg stuff, that's layers of growth, right? So that's all of that content about how to grow something is in that vegetable that you see that wins the prize. And that's exactly how content should be too.
0: That's it. So we've got to basically, um, hang on, let me just do this real quick. Um, it's, it's it's you know, the best writers actually have notebooks, don't they? Um, like pro authors and what have you, and uh, comedians, because um, the, the stuff that they will come across in their day-to-day, day-to-day living, they'll hear something on the street or some observation will occur, get it down. Cause that could be used in some way. Even if it's a quick voice note, everyone's like, maybe people don't carry uh, sort of uh, uh, notebooks, but you definitely always carry your phone everywhere to the toilet folks. Don't you? Of course you do. <laughs> so I guarantee you, you're never away from your phone. Uh, you can use a voice note that, that's your recording device. Okay. Christina go to you. One, a bit of advice you can give to the audience, get them started on a recruitment content, uh, engine.
4: Done is better than perfect. It's highly unlikely oh. you're going to go viral. All those posts you've been writing and then hitting delete on, just stop posting them.
0: Yeah. Well, I couldn't agree more. Right now, if you have, like, a list of, like, drafts somewhere... <laughs> Get all of those drafts, take a snapshot of the, the, the title of the post. Just get it out somewhere. It doesn't matter. Uh, that is a conversation starter, because it's moribund where it is. It's it's like it's, it's like you've got plants that you've decided not to show to the sun, and they're going to die. So get them out into the sun, see what happens. Okay, Joe, final word to you, sir. Give us one piece of advice, uh, thinking about your journey, operational recruiter, to becoming the most famous man on LinkedIn nearly. How have <laughs> you been able to do that? Um, one bit of advice for putting Joel Lalgie out there.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give, uh, it's going to be one piece, but it's really three pieces. Number one, don't overthink. Number two, just put some time in your diary to do it every day, half an hour. And number three, just comment on 10 pieces of content a day initially. If you're really nervous about creating content, but I'd say number one, just don't overthink it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, solid, solid, solid advice. Okay, folks, that's it. Thank you very much to our audience, uh, to our uh, panelists. It's been amazing to do this show. I think again, we could even do a, a dedicated show for every segment of this. Like, how do you do content ideas? How do you amplify? Stop uh, repurposing
2: how- your content. This how do you repurposing? Do you do-
0: it, well, you know, I, I struggle with ideas, you know, so this is, this is perfect. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll definitely do this again if people are interested. I think it's a yeah. really exciting show. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think the more voices are out there sh- telling people what they do, the better it is, you know. Um, that's going to be great. Okay, let's say uh, goodbye to our guest, Claire Bush. Thank you very much for your time. Great to see you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, Christine Robinson, great to see you, my dear. Hopefully we'll get the chance to catch up soon um and joe good to meet you i don't think we've had the chance to meet properly no. so today was the first day uh great to see you sir, and thank you so much for not only today but also your contributions online i think they're a real great example for uh recruiters to uh, to follow so thank you so much
2: for that yeah thanks guys good to meet you cool
1: how was that great loved it loads of great stuff from um all of guests all coming at it from a slightly different angle but agreeing with each other i think on every element of this to be honest so We've
0: definitely got to write this one you up you know they're definitely not all... got to write this one up because yep. this is it, there's some juice there for this um and there's some real value um and insights that, uh, uh, that that i think will become obvious once you kind of grok it um, but there's too many people out there that is, 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 right now they don't grok it and it's very frustrating for them. And I feel that like we can solve that frustration real quick. Um, so, so yeah, I'm gonna have to put some effort to put this together. I think this is uh really good, um, yeah. And, and by the way, I think the, the extra time helps for, for sure. Right.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I'm not entirely sure I'm going to be able to contribute a vast amount to
0: uh you know the ones about assessment <laughs> uh, very seriously mate this is my subject you, so this yeah, is quite this, easy it depends on what you want to do mate because i don't want to drag you in to stuff that you're bored on and and you're feeling that because the, the co-host role probably is going to diminish somewhat right because we're not doing the the newsletter review in the same way so you're definitely locked in on monday but now it's extra uh for, for to do this so it's totally optional I'll probably still invite you every time but if you're saying you don't not interested can't do it or whatever just just say just de- decline it um let's play it by ear yeah yeah cool cool all right mate well listen um you have a good uh weekend what are you do this weekend anything interesting uh playing rugby taking my kid to rugby
1: playing football uh taking him to football lots of lots of activity I,
0: I've got to I've got to do a lot of work I've got like basically um I'm traveling in the next couple of weeks in September I've got this ridiculous trip plan um and that's basically traveling takes me oh, out yeah. of out of sync um uh, because it's like I have to I have to factor in all of the transition costs and the traveling costs and stuff like this in terms of time and therefore I've got to basically bulk load the stuff in advance on that so grinding through this weekend I'm afraid to say but such. I will see you.
1: We're going to see each other. ISIMs Inspire London,
0: twenty second of September. That's right. That's right. We're going to do an event together, aren't we? So it's the. It's. Uh, I think I'm moderating a few panels and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, I've. I have pretty much filled your panel. Yep. <laughs> was I meant to do something?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. You were not meant to do anything. Don't worry. That was I, I did it. So.
0: All yeah. Right. Cool. Well, good. Nice to know. All right. Have a good weekend. Catch you soon cheers bye See you later